wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. Well, the Bills did what we expected them to do today in beating up the hapless Cleveland Browns. The now 0-14 Cleveland Browns. I'm Lars. Joining me today, it's an intimate session. The president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, is the only one here. I've been away for a long time, baby. But now I'm back. And the Bills are Find us on iTunes. Just search for Bills and Beers. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, conducting the same search. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. And subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you are listening and want to connect with the show and be named Social Media Listener of the Week, to be entered into a drawing for a Bills Backers of Chicago t-shirt, just use the hashtag BNBSM. This season is coming to an end. The Bills have a chance to win out. In spite of all of the turmoil at One Bills Drive, we will cover it all today. One of the least satisfying wins in recent memory. Let's not waste any more time and talk about it now. Buffalo's happening now. We're on the moon now. The fields are happening now. They're making it happen now. So, Lars just started off with, you know, least satisfying win of all time. And when I first walked into the bar, one of the first things that Lars said to me is, he was already angry. The game hadn't even started. I was just calling yet. it like I see him. He was like, I. What was the word you used? Pointless. Yeah, this is one of the most pointless games that I've ever sat down to watch. Like, we had, the game hadn't started yet. I mean, granted, I was screaming by, what, like the fifth play. But, but before the game even started, Lars brought up the point of the fact that, all right, so if we do great, then we... It means nothing. It means nothing, and it's against a horrible team, and then maybe the people that should get fired aren't going to get fired. And if we do really badly, then our team just really sucks. And, and the people who no should hope. get fired will get fired. Right. And maybe some people that shouldn't get fired will get fired. Right. So, I mean, and, and it, it doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on about Rex and everybody else. But so, like, no matter what, nothing really great could come of, of, of today's game. Nope. But I will say that despite all this, I actually saw quite a bit of a silver lining in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that I saw that, that against a bad team, the core of this this team is intact. Yep. Only against a bad team. We saw, and maybe we'll get into this with our Labatt Blue players, but I'm not giving it to a player. I'm giving it to a, an entity. That's fine. Um, but uh, So maybe should we get into that, or are you, do we have something else that we need to discuss? Absolutely not. It was a win, but it wasn't all pretty. So we'll start with the ugly side first. The Jenny Cremail bummer of today's game. Suge, do you have one in mind? So I am going to go with... The guy who I've given so much credit to uh, for so much of this season. I'm actually going to go with the Lorax uh, today. For so the yeah, Jenny Creamel bummer. That's my Jenny Creamel bummer, and that is because that there was one drive in particular where I just saw him out of position uh, in multiple occasions. He also got a 15-yard penalty um, on a what was it a, a, a personal foul penalty, a face mask. Um, that was, I thought, unnecessary. And then the very next play, he was offside. So he just basically gave them 20 yards. And then they continued to march all the way down the field. And beyond that, uh, on that same drive, he was out of position, and a runner just ran right by him. So I actually thought that 
compared to his usual self, that Lorax had a bad game. Yes, he, he didn't have a sack for the past several games, and he got one and a half today. Um, but a lot of those things were combination sacks. And so I just didn't think he had uh, a, a very great, great game. And I, and I don't have a lot of other people to complain about. Um, yeah, we could complain about our secondary, but, you know, we always complain oh, about our secondary. Well, so there's yeah. nothing new there. So I th- thought I'd just try and pick something a little bit new. Um, no, well, and I'm also going to give it for my non-player entity. I'm going to give it to the goddamn Patriots fan that was sitting in the bar today. Why? Why? I mean, first of all, you got, I mean, girl, you can't pull off that, those spandex. No. That little Patriots spandex, no, you can't couldn't. pull that off, okay? And I know you were there with Bill's players. I have actually seen the Patriots bar that's here in Chicago. Um, unfortunately, it's right next to my child's preschool, which makes me sick every morning that I drop her off. Uh, but, you know, don't don't come. You're wearing a shirt and pants, and the Patriots aren't even on? Like, what's wrong with you? Don't come up in here like that. Like, ugh, you just disgust me. So I'm going to give my Jenny Cremail bummer of today's game to somebody just to prove a point. Uh, because we did win. We put up nearly, well, 33 points today. So people are, are going to once again look at total points scored by this Bills team over the course of the season and make the case that, oh, look, we're top 10 in scoring. The offense really isn't that bad. No, it's not. Uh, and today it certainly wasn't. Today the offense was absolutely fine. And actually this player did what what, what we need him to do on a week-to-week basis and if he did this every week but we don't get to play the 0-13 Browns every week so it's not that feasible we probably would have won way more games than we did so I'm giving mine to Tyrod Taylor not because of that but because in spite of the fact that we were playing the 0-13 Browns in spite of the fact that we were just moving the ball at will he still couldn't muster 200 yards of passing and he just barely limped to like 50 yards of passing with maybe five minutes to go in the second quarter. And like I said, I'm only making this the Jenny Cremail bummer to prove a point, which is that he's not hes not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. And he, we're not going to re-sign him. This, this much has become pretty evident. If he does get re-signed, it's going to be on a renegotiated contract for a lot less money. But the... Offense ran for nearly 300 yards. Shady McCoy had his most ru- rushing yards as a bill today. So, great. Other things in the offense are working fantastic. And I understand that. And I understand that there are there are so many yards to go around. But come on. It's not like Tyrod Taylor throws for 400 yards when the chips are down. In fact, he does the opposite quite often. So even in, in a game like today where all of the things are, are set up for him to, to have a decent statistic game, he still does not. And if you need any further evidence that he's not the quarterback of the future, I don't know what to tell you. But let's not dwell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that I think that that's what we, we talked about during the game is that this is the bare minimum that the, your ground-and-pound quarterback has and to he, do. Well, 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 look what happens when you throw the ball to Charles Clay. Yeah, and look what happens when you can actually have to have some, when you have some threat of a passing line. Charles offense. Clay is a great tight end. Yeah. That, that touchdown he caught today was a horrible pass. He made a hell of a play on the ball. Yeah, and a couple times, Tyrod hit people in stride. One of the times was to Justin Hunter <laughs> over, the, over that middle. Which, Who then probably which, strided <laughs> right out of bounds when nobody was there to Justin tackle him. Justin Hunter almost wanted it. Like, it was like one of those things where you could see him want to crawl into his own shell because he looked to his left and his momentum was already carrying him out of bounds. But it's because he took that first step without trying to go uphill. And that was hilarious. It was, it was embarrassing. But like Charles Clay makes guys miss, catches the ball when it's thrown to him. He's a good player. He has not gotten the looks this year. 
to yeah. be properly evaluated. And, and and like we said, this is the bare minimum we needed from Tyrod all year. Do just do something to make the defense have to respect the passing game so you can run amok on teams. But when he doesn't do that, like we saw last week against Pittsburgh, it's a, it's an utter disaster. Yeah, no no NFL offense can run with, you know, 20 in the box. You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, and so I think that you do need to have some respect, and that's what the Browns were talking about. Or sorry, that's what the Ravens were talking about early in the year when they said, we're just going to make him be a quarterback. We're going to take away his ability to run and see if he can actually pass on us. And against the Browns, yes, he can. So what I need to see, but I think, so let's get talked a little bit about the positives. Yes, so, please. You know, just getting into the fact that I see here now this core team. Um, you know, against a bad team, we see what we're trying to do. We're trying to get Charles Clay involved. You know, Sammy was a little bit off today, but, you know, he will be involved. We see Goodwin on comeback routes, and we see when Tyrod can just do that little bit, you know, when he just throws the ball in rhythm, gets yeah. it out on time. Amazing things happen. Absolutely. And then that really lets LaShawn McCoy be the superstar that he genuinely is. Um, and, he, and, and, you know, and lets our offensive line be the rock stars that they genuinely yep. are. Um, so I think that that was the encouraging aspect of it. The defense, I still have my, my concerns about, but, you know, they're, yeah, they limited a, a bad Cleveland team to not many points. So I, I kind of just expect that. Um, but I think it'll get better over time. I hope it'll get better over time. I think that with um, people like um, our first from second round draft pick. Um, Ragland. Ragland in the game. Uh, I think that will be a game changer. I think that will change the, the, the run stuffing ability. I think that'll be like a Brandon Spikes. Um, and I think that I think that that core is there. So I think that that's a hope for the future. And so that's why I want to talk about um, the future. And that is my Labatt Blue player of the game. Wow! Is the future of this uh, of this team, which is actually the little kid <laughs> that got the football from Lashawn McCoy. Ty, no, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, sorry, from Tyrod Taylor after the touchdown, who was sitting there in a Bills helmet with autograph signatures on the helmet, and you've never seen... Just had the greatest day of his life. You've never seen someone happier than the dad that was behind him. So my Jenny, or so my Labatt Blue player of the game goes to that dad because that dad bought season tickets or bought whatever tickets he could to have his son sit in the first row at the Bills game, got him the helmet, got him excited even though he was at that young age. I think it was a boy. It could have been a girl. Um, and, uh, you know, that dad was so excited when he got that football. And so, you know, you train him young. That's what I'm doing with my daughter. And uh, that was a very, very excited. That was probably the best moment for me of the entire game, uh, just to see that dad that excited about the future, to know that there will be another crop of Bills fans that will cheer along for LaShawn McCoy as long as we can develop this core and move forward. Well, it's funny you mentioned the future of this franchise because as of this morning, for the past week even, the future of this franchise has been hotly debated. And now I'm, I'm looking at the tweets here, the post-game tweets. LaShawn McCoy taking the microphone to say it's not fair to blame this on Rex Ryan when there's no accountability. And, Suge, this comes back to something we've been talking about for a long time. So Rex Ryan supposedly on the hot seat. They're talking about it on the pregame show in WGR. We talked about it last year on the podcast. Who are the, who are the, the player leaders on this team? We always blame the coach because they can't execute and that nobody knows what's going on and nobody's accountable. Who are the players holding people accountable? And you hear LaShawn McCoy say things like this. You hear Sammy Watkins say things like this. You're hearing our superstars more often than not say, hey, you know, maybe if we all just kind of grew up and held each other accountable and had a little bit more of a winning mindset, this stuff wouldn't happen. But we see this team go into a shell. We see... 
Tyrod Taylor can't bring them back from a four-point deficit. It has basically been the narrative all season long. And now, maybe Rex Ryan's job isn't on the line. Who knows? Who knows? It's impossible to say. And, you know, the thing is that this should not have been the game that makes that decision either way. Well, of course. I mean, the, the Browns. I mean, talk about you couldn't ask for a, a, a least reliable control group as, as for, as for who, who, who is to blame with this sinking ship. But if, if the players rally around Rex's coaching job being in jeopardy and we win out, we could still make the playoffs, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, I think that here's the thing, right? Rex is a player's coach. So the players are always going to back him. Right, but if you need those leaders, you need the even the Antonio Cromartis or the Jarrell Revises. You need the God, the Bart. What the hell his name was? The Bart Scott. Bart Scott. Um, you need David Harris. David you know, Harris. you need these players that can be leaders in the locker room and tell everyone else to shut up and you know. Move I don't. We don't have that guy in our defense. No, because the problem is that Jerry Hughes is not that. Jerry no. Hughes should be that. Marcel Darius should be that. Uh, but Marcel Darius, you can't lead by example if you're Marcel Darius after what he's done. Right. Kyle Williams is just not that type of player. He's more of a lunch pail guy that's just going to do his job and lead by example, but he's not going to be that vocal player. Or you know who when, he, when he doesn't play, we've seen now two years in a row. It happened last week and happened all last year when Kyle Williams is out of the lineup. This defense just falls apart. Absolutely. And you know who was? the leader of this team was or, a safety was or, Aaron Williams yeah, at least you know the, the closest thing we had was the closest thing we had but he still you know when he actually said when Fred Jackson left he's like I, you know Fred was the unequivocal leader of this team and he told me that I got to take that over and I take that seriously and with him not around there is no leader on this defense and on the offense yes LaShawn McCoy is the leader of this team uh, but the thing is you need your quarterback to be a leader and yep. I don't see Tyrod being a leader of men no. You know, well, um, I do, but he, his, but not his, good his, enough. But his, I see him in personality, but not in play. Right. I mean, there's a difference between that stable leader and the flashy rock star, right? So, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, they're the flashy rock star that everyone's going to look up to and be like, "You got to have the same work ethic." But they're also as Sammy the Watkins. things that they're you saying. Have the same work ethic as LaShawn McCoy. But then there's also the guy that says, "When the chips are down, when I'm good, when I'm bad, I'm still going to command this offense." When Jim Kelly had an off day, he still commanded well, that offense. Well, you need that from your quarterback, yes. But the the things that Shady and Sammy are saying indicate that they have that kind of fire and desire and that in that internal drive or whatever it is and they see that other players on the offense simply don't i mean their their comments are very telling right but so that makes me wonder though that in when it's when rex's system is working properly the player leaders can whip those other guys into shape we don't have it on defense we don't have we don't have it on defense in this situation those player leaders that do exist are not able to control that locker room are not able to actually make those other players that are not giving 100% give everything. And so that's when you need a Doug Marone style. You know, like when, right. when your leaders, when your player leaders can't do it themselves, when given the opportunity, then you need coaches, you need, you know, GMs, you need people like that to actually knock those guys into shape and say, hey, you're doing it or you're off this team. Because I'll tell you one thing. Bill Belichick is never worried about the leaders on, on his on, on well, his. again, I know, easy don't to say when you got the Bill goat, I, I know. quarterback. I mean, well, right, and there are leaders because on the team, also, right. yeah, you do have him in Tom but, Brady, right? But uh, but at the same time, we've also watched them walk away from from huge name players because if you don't get in with the system, you're gone, you know. And so I think that's that's the fine line that you're going to run run with Rex. My Labatt Blue MVP is going to be Charles Clay. 
because I think he is a maligned player of, and not of his doing all season long. The All-22s showed him running wide open quite frequently, and it's nice to see him get the ball for a change. And lo and behold, this is two weeks in a row now. When the guy gets the ball in his hands, things happen. And he's a great player. I'm glad he's on our team. I just wish we had a quarterback who made him look good. So there are so many questions about this team. GM, head coach, quarterback, who's going to be here, who shouldn't be here, Russ Brandon, Terry Pagula. The conversation is, is endless. And at this point, I don't know what to say, Suge, because Tim Graham has been teasing the Internet for the last 72 hours about this blockbuster column that he's going to release on Sunday night that's going to be so revealing of all these things, which I think is some serious bullshit, and I think the Buffalo News in general should be ashamed of themselves and how they've conducted themselves and how they've treated these people and, and the coaches and everybody else as if they're not human beings with jobs and families who have uprooted and come to your community and now have, might have to go elsewhere, and, and they talk about it in such flippant ways over sports. It's sports. Let's not make it a big deal. But I also think it's kind of lame that he's been like, well, just wait for my column. Just wait for my column. Just wait for my column. Yeah, especially when he's wrong a lot. Well, his column <laughs> hasn't come out yet, so I don't know what it's going to say, but we, sitting here on Sunday afternoon, it's it's fruitless for us to comment on the future of Tyrod, Doug Whaley, Russ Brandon, Rex Ryan, because I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going on. There's, com there's conflicting reports all over the place. It's a mess in the locker room. And if there truly is a disagreement at One Bill's Drive, then your valued source is biased, right? So they're going to tell you what they want I to happen. I don't and they're know. they're trying I, to get public sentiment towards their, their, their line of thinking. But I feel compelled to weigh in on this because that's what everybody's talking about. And, yep. like, let's not be distracted by a huge win over a horrible team. But I don't know what to say. We don't have yeah. sources. We don't know what's going on. We've got guys like Tim Graham who are teasing as if there's this big smoking gun going on at One Bill's Drive, and people want Russ Brandon out the door. Well, he's also the president of the Sabres, so don't hold your breath on that one. Doug Whaley did pick Rex Ryan, didn't pick Rex Ryan, did pick E.J. Manuel, didn't pick E.J. Manuel. Like, nobody knows. Like, there's there's conflicting reports and people arguing about everything. So, like, what do you want us to say about it? Because we don't know. That's the one thing that we've discussed in the previous week was just that suddenly when everything's not going well, Doug Whaley is like, oh, well, you hear these rumors that, oh, Doug Whaley never really liked Rex Ryan. And meanwhile, Doug Whaley's ass, every time there's a microphone in front of him, it's like, oh, we're all in. We're all yeah. in. We're number one. Rex is my guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then suddenly, oh, oh, no, D Doug really didn't want to do this. Oh, no, I never, like, that's kind of a little bitch move to but do. But he's not the one you know, saying you're the GM. it. It's, it's no, these sources true. from within. It's these... It, but it's, it's it's convenient it's, that every time know, something goes bad, that suddenly Doug Whaley doesn't like doesn't like the GM or, or doesn't like the coach, eye. or they're right. suddenly not seeing eye to eye. You know, look, we looked at our draft picks over the past you know decade, and it's not it's not stellar. There are some stars on there, but uh, you know, even when you talk about someone like a Marcel Darius, you know, character is part of drafting, and when you have a player that's a superstar but can't play 16 games in well, a season. Well, and also the details of his extension. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You, yeah, exactly. You have a no suspension. You know, you, you have a, a clause in your contract that says that you'll get paid even if you go on suspension. Even after this same player has had multiple suspensions in the past. Like, So, I mean, there are definitely things. But then again, he's also brought some good talent. He's brought Charles Clay. He's brought LaShawn McCoy. He's brought Richie Incognito in. So, you know, it's going to be a mixed bag with him. Uh, and it's going to be a mixed bag with Rex Ryan, you know, like, we do, you know, we have established a ground and pound, which was one of his goals. 
He ha- but he hasn't been able to deliver on the defense that we were promised. Right. But then again, is his defense really his fault when his offense is so damn anemic at times? Right. So and you when know, there's no leadership on the defense, when there's no leadership in a, in a player run system, when there's no leadership, like I mean, that's a that's a problem. I mean, he said which that takes time. You it's, know, it's like supposed you can't, to be Preston you, Brown. Preston Brown. I, it just seems kind of like a little bitch. And one of the things we heard about Reggie Ragland that he is kind of like that tough mofo. He's right. He's he will be that. And he alpha has the play male. to back it up. Right. But and that's what everyone was excited about. I mean, Rex Ryan was devastated when Reggie Ragland went down in the in the preseason because he all signs were pointing to the fact that he was taking this defense in by stride and was was kind of just tearing it apart. And so, you know, I think that you know if you're talking about building system that's a player run system that you know it's a, a player's coach, it probably does take more than two years to change culture because uh, you are going to have to identify those leaders that may come over time. It might not happen in the first year. Um, but you know, but then again, he's a defensive guy, right? He's supposed to be a rock star. These are some of his worst defenses of his career, uh, and so you got to have some accountability. You got to be doing well in some facet of the game to keep your job after the second year. That's the thing. You have to be uptrending at the end of your second year. Just like you know, if you look at the Bears now with Matt Barkley. I mean, Matt Barkley, you know, right. like this guy that has done nothing, and you know, maybe looked good coming out of school, but has, has done nothing. Suddenly is. Is, is making plays, and if anything, the two games that I've watched, you know, it's his well, receivers that have let him today? down. What did he do today? What did he do today? He came back no, at one of the biggest no, deficits. No, no, they'll he, make it even simpler. He threw for more than 300 yards, yep. which in 28 tries is something that has eluded our quarterback. Right, and they came, he came back from 13 points down, which is actually one of the biggest deficits that any quarterback has come back from. from and it wasn't his fault they lost. And it wasn't his fault they lost, and you know he has horrible receivers that are dropping the ball all the time. So anyway, so that's the point. If Matt Barkley can do it, and we're sitting here talking about Tyrod and all the value that he brings. When you have a run, run offense that dominates like ours, that's one of the things that pisses me off most about people who want to still apologize for Tyrod. It's like, what else do you want to give the guy? I understand his receivers have been injured, but we have a dominant run offense. I mean, that's that's the support that a quarterback needs. Like that's all that the should pressure. be all you need. All the pressure is off of him when you can run the ball for 250 fucking yards a game. Because they they will never put everybody in coverage when you have our run game. They if there's a running back back there, they will always bring someone down. So you are just by definition operating with fewer defensive backs. So we just well let's yeah. Well, so we'll we'll do this in the once we're mathematically eliminated, which still miraculously we are not. We will do the poor so sport. So we'll if them. you had to fire somebody right now, let's just say Jit hits a fan, you could make the argument that no one should get fired and we should just stick with continuity. But if you had to fire someone right now and it was not a player. Oh, it was good. Well, Tyrod, but yeah. Yeah. So if you had to fire someone from the, from, the, from the administration right now, who would it be? Well, I say Tyrod because of the injury clause that if he goes down, we have to pay him $27.5 million, which made it baffling that he was playing today. But if I had to fire somebody from the administration, jeez, I, I don't know. I mean, I. And I think that's the that's the I, feeling I don't that know. people that say no, let's stick with continuity, have to stick with because, unless you're saying, or you could say everyone. That's the other answer. But you also didn't watch last week's game. I didn't. So and I'm really, really happy. If that you would ask me this question five hours ago, go ahead and ask me. All right. So five hours ago. Who would you have fired? Rex Ryan. Okay. I mean, like, not even a question. It's not even a question. Not okay, so. even close. But now we got players coming out and saying, like, we're going to play for him. We need to be more accountable, which is what our eyes are telling us and have been telling us, that, like, there's only so much that a head coach can do. And when the ball is in your hands and when you're on the field, you have to make a play. You have to be held accountable. When a lame duck has thrown 45 yards down the field and you got two defenders in the vicinity, it can't be a catch every time. 
like it was again today. I mean, there is only so much that head coach can do. And now that we're hearing the players say that, again, in defense of their head coach, when it looks like he is laying out for the buzzards right now, I'm kind of like, well, Jesus, I don't know. Who do you fire? Because it doesn't seem to be as cut and dry as, oh, we'll just get rid of Russ Brandon. He's some weird Sven Golly behind the scenes. Yeah, because also, I mean, you know, Bills fans, come on. When have you ever tied anything bad happening to, to, to actually being Russ Brandon's fault? We don't know that. None of you know that. Uh, I mean, it might be true, but none of you know that for certain. So you can't just say with definitive answer that he's the one that should be fired. You know, like he also might be the reason you still have a goddamn team in Buffalo. So shut up. Um, <laughs> so um, the other thing is that so if you asked me right now, I would say that if the GM pushes him and says Tyrod needs to step down as our starting quarterback, I built you the best running offense, independent of the fact that nobody respects your passing offense. You still have one which of the is, best which running is, offense. Again, telling both of the quarterback and of the rushing offense. Right. When we don't have a quarterback that opposing teams have to respect, and we can still run the ball at will the way yeah, we do. Yeah, and there's an argument that's out there that I make all the time that, you know, in our losses, maybe we let go of the run game too soon. Because as we saw, uh, you know, this, this game, I think it was the beginning of the third quarter, we, or no, that was the first drive. We got down the field oh, yeah. in like a minute and a half because Shady had two, like, 30-yard runs. And so it's not that our offense, our running offense, doesn't need a lot of time. We can get down the field just as fast as if we're passing. So I don't know necessarily that if you're down by two scores, you, you can't run. Like, that's what a lot of people say. I don't think that's true in our offense. Uh, and so maybe there's, there's times that we've moved away from the running game. So I would say that if the GM says to Rex Ryan, listen, I've given you everything you need, and Tyrod's still not doing it. He's, he's making us lose. Uh, you need to move away from him, and I'll, I'll do everything I can to get you the best quarterback possible. You tell me what you want, but in the meantime, you got to see what you got in Cardell. You know, it, because you know there's 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 some. Wait, question. so wait, what does this have to do with who's getting fired? So that if he doesn't do those things, then Rex Ryan goes. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that. I think that that's the ultimate thing is because I think that the well, the one thing that we all agree with is that quarterback play has been ad- inadequate. Yes, and so we need to make some and, changes. And by the way, this quarterback was handpicked by Rex Ryan. Right, exactly. Which is w- what I think is the the disagreement. That's at least the. But this this is where we come back to again. So like, how is it that Doug Whaley gets to conveniently worm away from like, well, I didn't actually pick that head coach. I didn't actually pick that quarterback. So okay. Can Doug Whaley pick a head coach and a quarterback definitively, and like we can actually know what it is he's responsible for? Because why? Why are the two head coaching picks under his purview and the and the quarterback selections under his purview? Why are they up for debate? But I don't know that he's. You know, uh, the question is, he's never said no. Well, I, I was never involved in that. He's always said it's been a group decision, and and yes, I was involved with it just like everything else. But I think the the thing that Doug Whaley does, which is probably the right thing to do, is that when that player no longer performs. He's ready to jettison him. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't hold that type of like, you know, loyalty to him. You know, and, and that's probably not. It's probably what you shouldn't do in uh, in the NFL. I mean, that's what the Patriots don't do. Is that they, if someone's not performing, they get rid of him, no matter what their name is. Yeah. You know, and so, so maybe that's that's the difference. Is that Rex Ryan is an exceedingly loyal guy, and Doug Whaley has zero loyalty whatsoever. Well, you until know, we find a winner. Until, until we, we find, find a real a winner. winner, right? Well, speaking of winners, we got three far-flung correspondence today one's on oxygen yeah and i can't wait to hear from her yeah uh we'll get into that later but uh who are we going to talk to first i don't know let's wait and find out and we need a beer
Do you know the bill? Who exemplifies the bills? If you want to know, then just chill. Because it's time for bills, bills, bills. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That sound means it's time to hear from Buffalo Bill Belcher up there in Brew City, USA. It's time for bills, bills, bills. It's the Buffalo Bill who exemplifies what it means to be a Buffalo Bill. According to Buffalo Bill Belcher, Bill, we came away with a pretty big win over the hapless Cleveland Browns today. And the organization, in general, is in utter disarray. So following this win, who is your Bill's Bill's Bill? I don't have one. <laughs> well, make one up. No, that's actually my Bill's Bill's Bill. Oh. Literally, there's, there, there, is, there is no player because it's, the state of our franchise is in utter confusion, uncertainty, you know, it, it's just, what is it? Because is nothing it? exists. There Who is, is no coach. There is What's no player. Happen? So if I was, if this, if this was the reasoning here, I would say that the Bills, Bills, Bill is actually Duke Williams when he was still on this team. Anytime he was in on a goal line package, looking around, shaking his head, <laughs> throwing his hands up, and not knowing what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could pick Tyrod for just being like. Okay, well, all right. I mean, there's, you want to love them. You know, you want to love this team, and you think they're, they're going to be able to... Ah, oh, man, I don't even fucking know. It's just... I think it's, it's just, the dichotomy. It's so, so frustrating. The thing that makes this team suck to watch is that you see LaShawn McCoy be a rock star. You see Shaq Lawson make a great play. You see Lorenzo Alexander playing out of his mind compared to the rest of his season, or rest of his career, and then all of a sudden... You see this mediocrity from, from Tyrod Taylor. You see this mediocrity from our, you know, our receivers. Overthrow Justin Hunter by 17 feet. Yeah, in the red zone. I mean, you just, you know, you see these hair, you know, like hair tearing out play calls. Like when we get into, after running the ball down the field, we pass twice or throw a, a Q, run a QB option from the running, from the, from, from the five-yard line because not like Mike Gillsley has been good yeah. at actually running into the His end zone. His name is five. TD Mike. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Bill. Uh, to some extent, I get what you get because it's like this. I don't even know who this team is. Because are they good? No. Are they bad? No. Do you disagree vehemently when that Monday morning quarterback reporter says that you know we have one of the worst rosters in the NFL and and that's why Doug Whaley should be fired? No, we don't agree with that. But do we look at it and say that it is debatable? But that yeah. it's debatable. Right. Exactly. So uh, to some extent, like nothing exemplifies the Bills because. The Bills, ultimately, kind of getting back to what Jeff says, don't have an identity anymore still. They still don't, despite the fact that we have a number one. Like, one of the elements in our team is the number one in the league. Our rushing offense is number one in the league. But we don't have the other critical component of a ground and pound, which is a serviceable passing game. Not a great passing game, but a serviceable serviceable passing game. And, you know, and so, like, we don't really have that identity. People are not afraid of us. You know, they should be afraid of us with our running game, but they're not because they're like, oh, yeah, but if you just sit there on the running game, then they're not going to be able to beat you at least nine times out of ten, and or if you're not the hapless Cleveland Browns. Right. So I, I, to some extent I get that, Bill. I, I still think you were kind of lazy and didn't think hard enough about it. So, Bill, one of the points that I made oh, no. is – I was sitting there thinking about it. I mean, guys, you know, this is my, this is my segment, so it's my responsibility. <laughs> right, you've taken it so <laughs> seriously over the last 14 <laughs> weeks. About. No, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's, a, that's what you're that's, – listen, it's and your decision. I'm like, you know, debating back and forth, like trying to decide like who it could possibly be. 
and it's just it's nothing that we haven't said before, and it's just there's no one that I can identify that. that it, it, so it's just like it might as well be no one because that's just the way that I feel about this fucking franchise. Well, right as now. we talk about everything being in limbo, and and I had the conversation with one of the guys at the bar today when I walked in about like what would like. It's pointless. It's who, who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the coach? Who's gonna, like who cares? Like we're just kind of in suspension mode right now. But part of that is exacerbated by the fact, and Suge and I talked about this during the game. We haven't beat a single team with a winning record. Okay, so right. we've lost to the teams that are better than us. Okay, that's what bad teams do. But we've also, over the course of our seven wins, more often than not pulverized the teams that we're better than like today like we not right. only do we yeah, beat in, the browns in years past we have lost some of those games well, you know, or, or we've had or if it's beat. been like a squeaker like we needed a last second field goal to beat the 0 14 browns no we we destroyed them today we we outgained right. them almost two and a half to one we beat them 33 to 13 yeah, it was not it was not nine to three so what is it? I mean, are we, we're somewhere in between, like, we're way better than bad teams, but we're worse than good teams. So what are we? We're not a bad team, but we're not a good team. And maybe that's what gets to mental discipline. Maybe get, that gets to failure of execution, where good teams just execute impeccably, you know, or, or, or certainly better than us. And bad teams, you know, like, we have the talent to be great, but we don't need to execute really well to beat good te- or bad teams. So that's the only thing. I mean, but it is it is surprising. I think in all the seasons past, there's been some win that I was like, "What the hell? How did we beat that team that then went on to almost win the Super Bowl we or something that like that?" This year. You know, and and then also there's also the the you know head scratcher that says, "How the hell did we lose to that?" We team? have two of those every year. Yeah, and I mean, besides the Jets game though, I, I kind of feel like our losses have been against. We should not have lost being up 15 points to the Oakland Raiders, and we we should not have lost to the Raiders. Yeah, but the Oakland point. Raiders are not a bad team. That's Agreed. what I mean. That's but what we I'm had saying. them dead to rights. Yeah, no. I mean, there's yeah. <laughs> the Bills will always lose by some way that is that is completely perplexing. But but what I mean is that at the end of the day, the Raiders are a good team, and they're a better team than us. And though we should have beat them that day, we did not. And that's 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 what I'm saying is that I'm not surprised by any of our losses, and I'm not surprised by any of our wins. But to uh, Lars's point. I almost called you Rex. <laughs> but to Lars's point, Rex, Rex is Latin for king. So there you go. Uh, there's, there's. Can we can we agree? Can we agree that um, rushing, having a number one rushing, uh, or relying on the rush in the, in the in today's age, does not win you football. I mean, it, it no. does not get you. To I won't agree. Off? I actually won't agree. Yeah, with that. and I, I I would have to agree with Lars. So I, I actually don't agree with that because I think this game actually proved that it can, but. Here's what you need, though, and I, I know exactly what you're, where you're going to, Bill. Um, I think that it by itself, yes, it will right. never, ever, ever right. work. But it with a serviceable passing game, not a great passing game, nope. but a passing game that says that you can't just drop everybody into the box. Like, we will take advantage. If you give us nobody to cover our, our, our receivers like Sammy Watkins and Charles Clay and Marquise Goodwin, it, then we will hurt you that way. So you have to be able to prove that you can hurt them if they try and just exclusively stop the run. The problem is is that our passing offense has not been able to prove that. It's been 31st, and I've said the last two years now, and I'm telling you, this is the difference between not making the playoffs last year, and it will be the difference between us not making the playoffs this year if, if perchance we don't, which is looking like we won't. We've been 31st or 32nd in passing the last two years. All we've had to be is top 18. Yeah. 
We don't need to be right. top five, top ten, top top eighteen. We don't even have to be in the top half of the league. Top eighteen, and I think this team makes it to the playoffs. We've been thirty first and thirty second. So to build to answer your question, no, I'm not ready to say that because in a vacuum, we haven't been able to answer that question because we've had a great running game and then the worst passing offense. So those two just they cancel each other out. And, and how crazy is it to have the worst? Yeah, passing I agree. I understand it only it, it can only take you so far. It, well, it, it, unless you I have don't think the other so, half, man. I mean, right? like you look at the the Steelers who won the Super Bowl twelve years ago. But that might be Bill's way, point. It was the, twelve years ago. The way the Seahawks won the Super Bowl three yep. years ago. I mean, yep. like it can happen, man. But your your defense also has to be good enough. And quite frankly, the Rex Ryan defense hasn't been. And I will give you that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, exactly. I mean, the you have to be a little bit more perfect, right? You have to be a little bit more fundamental. You have to be a little bit more disciplined when it comes to a. A, a, a running focused offense, but you know this is not just a regular running focus. This is a Sean McCoy running offense. Like, I mean, yeah. arguably one of the best runners in the league. You know, and so it's not like we just have like He's Matt Forte. You know, it's not He's like we awesome. have Matt Forte who, who yeah, you know, like gets a lot of yards, but you know, is not special when you see him running. Like, I mean, you, he doesn't make these things that you're just like. I don't understand how a human being can move like that, like how he makes that guy miss. He's just unbelievable. It's truly special. And then you have people like Incognito who are flying around the field despite the fact that they're like giants running around, you know? Like, I mean, so there's, there is really something special, which just makes it all the more infuriating that Tyrod Taylor can't throw for over yep. 200 yards when teams are terrified of our running, yeah. running game. And, yet and by the way, you can't. have Sammy Watkins and Charles Clay. Right, and, and and you know the thing is well, that right. you know and don't complain. That, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, man. Yeah, I mean the fact that listen, I love the fact that Charles Clay is obviously Tyrod throwing the ball to him. But I mean, you look at the who else had a reception? Did Sammy have one? I think Sammy had one. Yeah, yeah, right, he had one, one, and he, he was targeted three around. times. Yeah, no, I mean the the uh, the issue is, I mean, well, he didn't throw that many passes, but people dropped the ball. Sammy dropped uh, one, you know, and then he also. Tried to throw the ball around. He overthrew Justin Hunter by like forty right. yards. He <laughs> he, you know, threw a couple passes to Marquise, but he also, you know, had some off throws to him. So there was not there was a lot there was yardage that Tyrod left on the field. Again. Again. You know, and of course you're not gonna complete every single pass. I'm not asking him to do that, but that is a characteristic of a run focused quarterback. Is that a run focused quarterback needs to be ridiculously accurate and have a high completion percentage because we're only asking you to throw twenty passes, so you gotta complete at least fifteen to seventeen of them, you know, like and so like that's the characteristic that you need. Um, you don't need to throw a lot, but you need to throw it well. Bill, what are you drinking up there in Milwaukee today? I'm drinking a uh, it's called the Forest IPA. Mm. Third sign brewery from a little town in uh, Milwaukee with uh, another E-E uh, ends to, or K-E-E ends to his name. I can't even pronounce it, but uh, a lot of Indian towns here, or excuse me, Native American. Sorry, Sujit. Love you, bro. Indigenous people. And uh, this is a good one. Uh, so you said it's... What is it? What is it? It's, it's a three, Forest three, IPA? Forest IPA by three what? Forest IPA from Third Sign Brewery. Third sign. I've like never not even the heard of that. Sign, not the second sign. The third sign. But the third sign that Tyrod Taylor was a horrible quarterback. <laughs> Which we got in week three. Yep, pretty much. Uh, Billy, what uh, are you going to be at the Dolphins And that game? maybe we lost the forest for the trees, baby. On Christmas Eve? Uh, I will actually be at the Packers game. Oh. Uh, 
Dude, fuck the Packers and how they won today. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absurd. Aaron Rodgers is so good. Well, Bill, we'll have the rig here next Sunday to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. So we look forward to touching base with you then. Absolutely. All right, guys. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Now it's time to touch base with our far-flung correspondent in Austin, Texas. It's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Caliente. Arriba! Which everybody knows is Tex-Mex for hot takes. Coming to us from Jam and Jeff Day on behalf of Pocky Chips, maker of the hottest chips in the universe. If you're not using that hashtag, BNBSM, check out the hashtag One Chip Challenge. Need the Carolina Reaper chip if you dare. Jeff. So hot. Today's Tacos Calientes. Take it away. Seven and seven, boys. Woo. In the hunt. In, In the, the hunt. hunt. And if the, pack, if, the, if the Patriots pull this one off today, we're right still mathematically not eliminated. I think, yeah, I think we need a few of our, you know, a few teams uh, to, to lose, lose out or lose a couple of games. But, hey, it's another week of meaningful Bills football. And, hey. That's all but is really it though, Jeff? Is it really meaningful Bills football? That's actually the question <laughs> yeah. that we were. That's, that's, that's that is the literally the, been the topic of discussion. For the last I walked into. The, I was telling uh, the rest of the listeners that I walked into the bars and Lars was already in a bad mood. Like this is the most pointless game that I've it seen is, in it the was, entire eleven years game. that I've been coming here. And like he had, we hadn't even had a beer, nothing. I was like, "Well, how you doing, man? I just come back from vacation. How you doing? All right." So uh, uh, it is. It is true. It is true. Even even here at home, <clears throat> Teresa. You know, we were sort of set, settling in to watch the game, and Teresa asked me, "She's like, you know, should I should I be should I be nervous if the Bills lose to the Browns today?" And uh, my response was really one of indifference. I was like, "Ah, nah, it's not, this game doesn't really mean anything anyway." Right. It's totally meaningless. So what is your tacos calientes on this completely meaningless Sunday? Well, speaking of how, how meaningless the game was, my tacos calientes was just how bad are the Browns? Jesus. Oh, I mean, it was incredible to just see this team. You know, it's like you, you hear about this team. It's 0-12. I haven't watched probably more than 30 seconds of Browns football all no. year. Didn't really know what we were getting into. And within the first five minutes of the game, you're just sitting there saying, Oh wow! This is this is how you end up 0 and 12, and this is what it means to hit rock bottom as a franchise. Yeah, and you uh, know, I've been we've been hearing it all week. We're like, well, you know, th- this is a bad Browns team, and I kept thinking, like, how bad could they really be? And then watching really them, it was bad. like, oh my god, these guys are bad. And it's also Jeff to that point. It was good for Bills fans to see because we're seven and seven right now. We're we're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs heading into Week 16. And Bills fans think we're terrible. Mm, no, the Browns are terrible. But you know what's going to happen? You know, when we finally do go 0-13, it's going to be just the same way that the Browns go 0-13. In a year when there's no goddamn quarterback in, right. the, in the draft. You know, yeah, that's exactly I know, what's going to happen. That's a, the best part about this is that there's no good quarterback. Like last time we were 3-13 and when we actually had a shot at a quarterback, we picked Marcel Darius because there was no good quarterback. Right. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody was picked in the later round that is now a superstar. Andy Dalton. But, but yeah. So okay, yeah. so even that—that's all right. That's like you know a, a bit of a crapshoot. Okay, <laughs> but Lars, you did you know, and, and that's and that's sort of where I was where I was going with that too. Is it did make you realize as Bills fans, and of course we get frustrated about mediocrity, but it did make you realize, wow, well we could we could always be the Browns, right? Um, and uh, and especially you know we 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 sometimes think we have quarterback problems, which 
you know. We do. We but, do. But then you look at RG3 and you go, well, there's a real quarterback problem. I mean, Jesus. He was bad. <laughs> and he's got attitude. Yeah, that's the he's one. Got that, the, hey, he, between him and Terrell Pryor. And he's got a chip on like, his shoulder. hate each other, and they both suck. Well, I don't know if Terrell Pryor sucks, but he definitely made some mistakes, and RG3 definitely made some mistakes, and then gets it up in people's face when he does something dumb. So, yeah. Gene, I was laughing about that all game because he was carrying himself. You know, it's hard because mo- I, I love when ca- players carry themselves with swagger. We talk about it all the time, and sometimes I wish the Bills had more of it. But he, he's that example of a guy who's he's, he carries himself with the swagger of an all-time pro. Well, dude, um, look no further than third and 21, and he scrambles for three yards and runs out of bounds and then proceeds to get into Preston Brown's face and try to stand. It's like, dude, what What are you – What you just bailed 18 yards short of the sticks on third <laughs> down from your own 27-yard line. What are you getting cocky about? What, are you, like, what is the matter with you? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was quite something. It was quite something to watch that team. I mean, the nice part about this game was, um, you know, and we played a really bad team. And we manhandled them, really. You know, I mean, they brought it to within one score a couple of times, which made me nervous. But at least and we talked about it when the when the Browns um, <clears throat> brought it back to 17-10, the Browns scored. You know, we got the ball at the beginning of the third quarter, punted. Browns got the ball. There's first possession, scored a touchdown. All of a sudden, the game is 17-10. And we talked about it before that drive started where, OK, well, this is the possession, right? Like this is. Yeah. Which build team is going to come out here? Are we going to go three and out and give the ball right back to the Browns and make a game of this? And, you know, instead we um, went down the field and scored a touchdown and then really sort of separated the game. And, you know, as I'm sure you guys have covered at great length already in the pod, you know, it's, a, it's another example of when the Bills face an opponent for, for, against which we can run the ball effectively. We're a pretty good team. Right. Um yeah, and just and, uh, to, to the rest of the listeners, you know, just remember, think about what would have happened when they got to seventeen ten. So what I texted, uh, oh yeah, you, I mean, yeah. you called for three and out. So there. I called for a three and out, right? So Jeff was like, "All right, this is we got to have points now." When out they got to seventeen ten, we got to have points here. And I said, "So we're gonna have a three and out." Just yeah. envision, Bills fans, if we had done what we have done in the past, that we went three and out, and then. They got stopped by our defense, the way our defense does. And then we went three and out again. And then we, you know, our, our, our defense was on the field for a while, but maybe they got uh, a, field a field goal, goal out of so it. So 17 And then they gave the fo- uh, uh, ball back to our offense, and we went three and out again. What are you asking of our defense, right? So that is what's happened but in so many But you're saying try to picture games. this. Well, you should be able to picture it because it's, it's happened. happened. Over and over and again. So... So, I mean, I think that's the key here is that when our offense is actually serviceable and can score against a bad defense, which they should be able to, or at least to have sustainable drives, even if they're not scoring, it's a completely different game. So everyone that likes to bag on our on, on this defense, yes, this defense has had its shortcomings. It is I mean, not a dominant defense. No. Nobody's arguing that. But it looks a lot worse when you have an offense that does nothing, and not only does nothing, but they do nothing seven drives in a row right so uh, you know i think that's that's it's a really good point we actually finally did score yeah uh and so that's why i think this is the model and that but but jeff you know he says that and i i think yeah how many times we said don't go three and out here and and they do and it, it just seems more often than not jeff you feel like okay this next they just scored this next drive is very important and i feel like all season long 
when we have had that drive in a game, as that drive goes, so does the game. Right. Yep. And you can feel it coming from a mile away. This is a very important drive. We go three and out. It's like, oh, Jesus. Go ahead and warm up the bus because this one's over. It's a really important drive. We score a touchdown. Oh, okay. It's against the Niners. Okay, now we can just sit back and relax for a little bit. But it's been those drives that we have not been able to pull off. And, well, we did today against the 0-14 Browns. (laughs) We certainly did. It's funny. I was actually, uh, after the game ended, I was looking at um, McCoy's statistics. And... You know, so today he averaged 8.1 yards per carry, and I was doing the math and just looking back on for the year. And, you know, so far for the year, McCoy is averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and I believe that he leads the league in that yeah. metric. Yeah. Um, and it's remarkable. He's had, a, he's had a tremendous, tremendous year. And, you know, we always talk about players making plays and, and like, where are the playmakers? And obviously, as we've on this podcast – you know, LaShawn McCoy's gotten the MVP, what, uh, you know, 14 out of the 15 weeks from somebody, at, at least. least. He didn't get it today just we, because, like, we're tired of giving it to him. Right, because right. it's like, okay, so the Labatt Blue players, LaShawn McCoy, okay, now let's talk about everybody else. Yeah. You know, right. like, it's so, like, because right. otherwise all we would say is LaShawn McCoy and either Lorenzo player. Alexander. He's, he's the only reason we're right. even competitive. Right. And, hey, it's always it's always nice to see a little EJ Manuel uh, yeah, guest baby. appearance in, in a game, which we always enjoy, you know. Um Never know what's going to happen when he's on the field. Loves when she gets to see a little EJ on the field. She always enjoys that. <laughs> I like EJ. I actually kind of want to come like back EJ a little bit too. Now. Jeff, what yeah. were you drinking down there in Austin today? You know, I'm 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 off the uh, especially not being at the bar. I just don't do a lot of the, the drinking. Um, so wow. this is like four uh, straight weeks of disappointment so, from, Bill, from Jeff. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. We um, I was drinking orange juice and and uh, orange juice had a and Sudafed again. And, Still trying to, still trying. No Sudafed today. Wasn't medicated, um, but uh, still trying to stay a little healthy down here, and uh, so just was keeping it, keeping it uh, alcohol free actually today. Well, good but for you, Jeff. You disgust me. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know our weekend. We get. We've been doing a lot of weddings preparation these weekends, so I'm trying to keep a clear mind. And you guys are going to be laying low next weekend then too, right? We will be. Yep, staying down in Austin and just uh, hanging out here until the new year. Fantastic. Well, we will reach out to you following the Dolphins game next week. And I guess until then, go Bills. All right, guys. Go Bills. Go Bills. This bill was made for losing, and that's what he's going to do. So now Miss Sassy Cassie is going to walk all over you. That's right. It's time to hear from Sassy Cassie, who is a little bit under the weather today. Got a little altitude sickness on her skiing trip. Um, that I think was part of the, the Trump backers retreat that uh, part of the thank you tour he had all you guys come out to Aspen and paid for a skiing trip which was nice mm-hmm. yeah huh? yeah, uh, yeah that, <laughs> that would be nice but not true thank you okay remember that Whoa, was okay that well was, you don't have to get sassy with me sassy Cassie okay that was so, not- hey I, I'd l- I asked, I asked Jay what I should be sassy about and he said just disagree with everything that Lars says so <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, okay. Just no. remember that was not me complaining. Not me. No yeah. one's on. No brown people on. No watch list over here. Okay, <laughs> Cassie. What are we getting sassy about this afternoon? What am I going to get sassy about these damn freaking Buffalo Bills? Like what total assholes? <laughs> we. I'm everybody. All the fans. Nobody shows up for the game. We're all like we're handing Cleveland. They're they're going to get their first win of the season. But what do they do? No, they show up. They show up like professional football players. Granted, it's against a junior varsity team, but they show up. Tyrod, I mean, he's making plays to, to Clay 
in motion, running, running across the field. I mean, what, who are these guys? They couldn't do that for the first 13 games of the season. But the 14th game of the season, when the season's over, when we're all like, Rex is gone, Tyrod's gone, they just decide to show up. <laughs> what? Asshole. Wow. You know, wow. I cannot believe that there was a moment before we recorded this segment that we had doubts about Cassie's ability to sass it up. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, like, Cassie herself's like, oh, I'm not going to be. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, not feeling well. Oh. This bitch just went straight up cray cray. Okay. <laughs> On the entire goddamn franchise. Not one player, but everybody. She walked all yeah. over you. So, uh, Cass, yeah. we couldn't agree more. And nope. this is what we were talking about uh, with the situation that I said. There's the core here. We have a core here that's good. The problem is is that they need to be able to do this against teams that are not 0-13. And that's why yeah. we have beaten teams that sucked, and we have lost to every team that is even marginally better than us. So, um, I mean, other than the Jets game, that's the one team that is worse than us that we lost to. Um, but overall, you know, we've lost when we're supposed to lose, you know, because anyone that with a good record, we've lost to, and we're, you know, 7-7. Seven and seven. So, so, I mean, I think that's what's frustrating, though, is that – and, and I think that the one thing that's different is that our running game has been good against good teams. Our yeah. defense has been bad against good teams and has been good against right. good teams. Has been a little bit of both. Our offense, on the other hand, or our passing offense, has, has been consistently sucked, bad. Has sucked against every decent team that we played, even teams that have bad defense. Well, that's why Tyrod was my Jenny Cremail, because it yep. sucked even today. He yep. couldn't even he couldn't even eke out 200 yards against the goddamn Browns. When you have 400 yards of offense, or almost 300 yards of Almost rushing. 500 yards of offense today, and we couldn't Jesus. get 200 Jesus. yards passing. So, Cass, yeah. I agree with you. They did show up, but again, it's against this crap team, and that's the frustration. Is that but when, when are we just going to completely, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to limp into the playoffs. I'm, like, so sick of a, well, we're not mathematically eliminated. I want to be, like, Oakland. That just, they're going to make the playoffs. Kansas City, they're going to make the playoffs. Like, when are we ever going to be that team? Or on the flip side, dude, I would not mind being Cleveland and freaking toasting a season and saying goodbye to it. The Bears saying goodbye to a season. Just being awful. Like, I am so sick of this mediocrity. Like, we are just mediocre across the board. We're not good, we're not bad, we're just mediocre, and it's been that way for a decade. Well, yep. You yep. just spoke the yep. mind of every Bills <laughs> fan out there. I come that is that is correct, Cassie. That Couldn't is agree with you. you it's completely 100% accurate. Yeah, and the problem is that no, the, Bills are going to, the Bills are going to 0-13 or 3-13, but the problem is they're going to do it just like the Cleveland Browns do it, and they're going to do it a year where there's no goddamn quarterbacks so in the beginning. Meanwhile, yeah. what, what everybody seems to be missing through all of this is that, oh, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. The Niners are 1-12. and yeah, we yep. the, the Niners are also secretly putting together one of the worst seasons in NFL history. They are also terrible. We got to play them both this year. Yeah, and we kicked the crap out of them. <laughs> right, and like we're, that, that, it wasn't one of their close games when they played the Bills. Like they got their they ass almost handed beat to the it. Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, and so I don't know. This is why Bills, Bills, Bills had he didn't have a player to pick because he's like the entire franchise is is is. There and it's not there. We have a good coach and we have a bad coach. This we is the curse of Rex Ryan, though. This is, this is what we talked about when we first hired the guy, and this is the reason I wouldn't be afraid to see him go is is because of the inconsistency. Yeah. Rex Ryan has never struck me as a details guy, and it's the 
hit miss by golly. Sometimes we're great. Sometimes we're bad. We sometimes we're going to destroy our opponents. Sometimes our opponents will destroy us. That I don't like. I would rather it. I'd rather us be predictable. Know what we do well and know where we're weak instead of just oscillating all over the map every week. And stick to the yep. things we're good at and stay away from the things we're bad at until we get to be good at them. Agreed. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, oh, Jesus Christ. If we stall again inside of the five-yard line <laughs> by not running the ball three times Mike Gilsley, like, so help me, Jesus. I can't take it. I mean, like, we were five minutes into the game. Suge had a little outburst. I had, it, like, freaking, like, the bar was dead silent. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, <laughs> so, I believe it. We were we were sitting here like, what the hell is going on? Although like, what, the, the, what are the play calling? The throw 17 feet over Justin Hunter's head was really something special. Yeah, that was yeah. just, I mean, ugh. So, Cass, uh, presumably uh, you did not combat the uh, altitude sickness with any variety of alcohol today. No, I was uh, I was just taking straight shots of oxygen. Yes, uh, she was not hitting that H two O. She was hitting that straight O two, baby. Um, can I post the picture of you with the oxygen in your nose no, to one of our social media? Not do that. Pages? You are you are more than welcome to. Wow, <laughs> wow. Well, that I'm it's sure that would be destroy a, everything for the Rockpile was, Report. <laughs> it was going to be a grave disappointment for our buddies over the Rockpile Report. I know. Well, you know what? I'm gravely disappointed. She is who she Bell, is. So. Okay. Ooh, she's so sassy. We gotta find a song that goes with my little fifty sassy Cassie jingle. Yeah, I, I, I like I like one. sassy Cassie and sassy we're ca- sassy Cassie. We're gonna have you back on the line next Sunday. We'll have the rig here at the bar. Excuse me, next Saturday for the Christmas Eve game. Uh, but Great. In, but until then, darling, go Bills and get well. Hey, what time is that go game? Bills. Same time. Same okay. Time. Excellent. Okay, go Bills, <laughs> Cass. All right. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. And this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. Today was a pretty boring day for me, selection-wise. I went with the Beer of the Month Lagunitas IPA like I did last week, and then Suj and I split a pitcher of Labatt during the second half. But Suj, you... I kind of went a little crazy. Yeah, you took a couple of exotic selections here over the course of recording. important to remember that I'm just coming off a vacation, and I have a hell of a work week in front of me. So, uh, started off with the Half Acre Deep Space. Half Acre is a great Chicago brewery. Uh, They make a double IPA that has a big hop character. It's spicy. Just a touch bitter. It is a tulip, which obviously always makes me feel a little bit cheated at 10.5 ounces. Uh, but it does have an exceedingly high alcohol content at 9.7%. So I should not be drinking any more than 10.5 ounces of that. But Half Acre is a great brewery. If is, I've had never them, had this. I've only ever had their Daisy Cutter, and I'm not a big fan because I don't like weedy beers. Yeah, so Daisy Cutter is good. Daisy Cutter is exceedingly bitter, though. Um, but you have to kind of like that. You know, like you have to like that hoppy bitterness. Um, Deep Space is a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit more malty. Uh, it's definitely got the hops, but I would say less bitter than than, than Daisy Cutter. Have you ever heard of uh, real fun water slides? I had some real fun water slides at the Nickelodeon Punta Cana Resort that I was just at it with really? my daughter. Oh my god! No, 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 no! The beer, not the actual water slides. No, no, no! I'm talking about the water park at the, <laughs> at the but they wouldn't let the goddamn adults go on the water slides. And I would That's like a to crime. say, I would like to complain to the Punta Cana Resort, Nickelodeon Punta Cana Resort. You need to let the grown-ups listen. I paid that bill, okay? I can't. I believe- get to go on the water slides. That is some nonsense. How do they not have like an adult? 
I don't just something. give me one slide yeah. that I can go down. Something like the like the tall ones that just send you flying down. Like yeah, it's nonsense. And but you know what? I and did? also it's the Dominican you know Republic. It's not like they have safety standards <laughs> here. So like they could do the one that like just shoots you out unless you yeah. free fall for and forty feet. Here's the thing: is that you know what I did? F them, Lars. Okay, I waited until it was lunchtime. All the lifeguards went <laughs> sliding away, and my ass ran up onto that goddamn contraption. And if you guys, if you get a chance, look at the Nickelodeon water park in Punta Cana. It's this massive, massive thing. So I ran up those damn slides as fast, or the stairs as fast as I could. The problem was, I just went for the first slide, and it was like the shortest slide. Oh. And then I was a little intoxicated because the one thing they will give you as much as you want of is alcohol at this all-inclusive yeah. resort. Uh, and so it took me a little bit of effort to get out of the actual water chamber. This might be the reason why they don't let grown-ups go down the slides. Um, but as soon as I got out, suddenly all the lifeguards showed up. So somebody <laughs> saw me. Somebody saw me. Somebody was still there. So anyways. So if you're listening and want to communicate with the show, use the hashtag BNBSM. It's been a little quiet on the social media front. I think it's just generally speaking, most of Bill's Nation is pretty disheartened these days. But we've been sending... Bill's backers of Chicago t-shirts all over the globe, and following a quiet week, I think it's only fitting that we send one to who has been our number one fan for several years now in the running. He's already been social media listener of the week once this year, but that was before we started giving out t-shirts. So Brandon Meister, I know you're listening. Send us your address via direct message. And we will get a Chicago, excuse me, Bill's Backers of Chicago t-shirt out to you wherever you may be. And I want an update on the uh, medical device that you're working on. Yes, for people in a wheelchair. Um, Likewise, anybody else who wants to be entered in, we got two more weeks to go if we don't make the playoffs. So we got two more chances. Use the hashtag BNBSM. It's a cold day in Chicago. It's a cold day in America in general. Uh, The Arctic blast came early this year, and much of the nation is snowed in or at least frozen in trying to stay out of these frigid temperatures here in Chicago today. I think our high is three with the low of negative 15. That's, it really is a that's situation. not an exaggeration. Where the weather outside is frightful. It is frightful. But, oh, the fire is so delightful. So if you, Sujit, could pick any Buffalo Bills member to curl up next to on the fire, under a blanket, over a blanket, with hot chocolate, without hot chocolate, clothed or otherwise, who would it be? All right, well, I'm going to pick two people. Me too. One of them is going to be Marquise Goodwin. Damn it, that was one of mine. Because <laughs> you like to be the big so, spoon. He's so dainty. <laughs> he's so dainty. I'm just going to feel right. I'll cuddle him. I'll rub his little head. It's like It would be like cuddling like a tiny naked cat. It's, I was actually considering cuddling like a little rabbit because he's super fast. But once you get him, you can just pet him. Very jittery. Yeah, you're just a little crazy. You got to be gentle because you might injure him. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you like true. pet him the wrong way. Uh, and then the other person is actually Marcel Darius. Well, those were my two. So okay, I well, so I'll pick. No, 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 go ahead. Have, no, go ahead. I, I just have to think. I have now. another I think harder. I no, think. I have another option besides Marcel Darius because it's in the same vein. It's actually Richie Incognito. Interesting. Okay? Because Richie would just like. He would just kind of dominate me. <laughs> it might make me feel kind of like hot. Like I would just get up in his arms, and he would just like he ain't gonna let you go. You ain't going nowhere, girl. Okay? Like he would just, and I would feel safe. That's the other thing. <laughs> I would just, I mean, because Richie, he's like big and strong, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't no, know. No, that's nice. And I'm I'll, a little emotionally messed up right now because I'm thinking about it too much, and so now I'm just. 
questioning my manhood. So, so I will all. say, so I'm I'm about uh, I'm about six two, six three. Uh, I weigh anywhere between two hundred ten and two hundred twenty pounds, depending on the day of the week. Uh, so for me, and I've I've had discussions with other larger men. It's nice for me to hug my bigger friends because mm. ra- rarely do I get a hug and like I f- actually feel like I'm being hugged. I'm very much the hugger. I'm yeah, rarely need, the huggy. You need to get hugged. So like it's one of the reasons I, I envy the more petite women in my life because like they, they literally just disappear in people's arms. And yeah, I and, get enveloped. That's and, what I was hoping. I was and I don't have that experience. Like I, I rarely ever have that experience unless I'm giving a big hug to my bigger friends, in which case we, we will have that experience mutually because I'm enveloping he as he envelops me. And then we always and, and then we'll, so we always lean back and say that was nice that felt really nice because it's not an experience we get too often. So I was obviously going to take one of the larger players too. So I'm going to take one of the guys we don't often talk about on this podcast because his play is really nothing to write home about. Although he hasn't been bad, and because I really enjoy his do's and don'ts segment on the John Murphy show. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm going with Lejay Doosable. Oh, he only, would envelop you. Exactly. Jesus. Not only because he would make me feel tiny and safe and comfortable and all those things you touched on, Suge, but he also seems like a pretty good conversationalist. So like we could actually lay there and, and talk, and he would have some intelligent things to say. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Adolphus Washington would probably give you this. Yeah, dude, dude Adolphus Washington can scratch his knee standing up right That dude's <laughs> yeah. got some serious arms. So, uh, yeah, that would be amazing, actually. I, I, I'm, now I'm thinking about that a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you described the same thing that I described, and you didn't do it in a homoerotic way at all. <laughs> that's cool, though. I'm fine I guess that. that's the difference between you and me. So. Yeah, right? I'm, you know, listen, I'm, I'm kind of thick. I'm kind of square. But I'm still little, so I still like to be cuddled from time to time. But you know what, though? You know, every once in a while you meet that little girl that gives you a hug but gives you, like, a solid yeah. hug. Yeah, that is a that's, that's a that's, that's a keeper. That's a game changer, yeah. Bills and Beers is the best way to find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Search for Bills and Beers and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your neighbors. Tell everybody in Bills Nation. How you found this podcast. We got the Miami Dolphins next week on Christmas Eve. It'll be Miami's second straight Saturday game, which is probably unprecedented. Yeah. At least in in the recent era of NFL football. Uh, but we'll be back next week to talk all about it. So until then. Are we on, doing predictions? No. We haven't done predictions for weeks. Let's just. F them. We're just going to plow right through it. On behalf of Sassy Cassie, who's still suffering altitude sickness. Hopefully she's coming around by now. Buffalo Bill Belcher up in Bruce City, USA, and Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. And on behalf of Sujit, the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago, I am Lars. Go Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna shout.